listening to Abiding Hope Church's podcast of our weekly sermons. For more information about our church, please visit abidinghope.org. Please stand. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the ninth chapter. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent, and in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Today is known as Transfiguration Sunday. It kind of stands as this interesting bookend in the liturgical calendar, the church year, where it, it happens after the season of Epiphany, which is where we're coming out of, and then it's right before the season of Lent, which we're coming up on Ash Wednesday this coming Wednesday, as we head towards the cross and the empty tomb. And I, I don't know about you, but I always felt like this story was a little weird, just just being honest I like it comes every year this is a story that we read every single year and growing up singing in the church choir we would sing the same anthem every year Jesus take us to the mountain I can sing it for you if you'd like no I will spare you I will spare you that but it was just guaranteed that was the song we were going to sing and I remember thinking as a kid like okay so Jesus and three of his disciples they go up a mountain there's like some really weird, trippy stuff that happens while they're up there. And then they come back down the mountain and they don't tell anybody about it. Great. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and sit down. No, no, this actually, there's a, there's a lot more to this story that meets the eye. When we start reading it and kind of get into these rich layers, there's a lot of foreshadowing about resurrection and new life and hope, the, the reign of God, which is seeking to burst forth all around and among us in the ways that God is present with us. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful narrative. And so I, I, I think it's, it's interesting because it's poised here at the beginning of Lent so that I think it helps to prepare our hearts and our spirits as we journey through this season of a kind of a more reflective season as we head towards that cross. But I also think in our own personal faith journeys, it informs our journey because when life gets hard, when we face trials and adversities, when the way is dark, 
We're reminded that new life is coming, that the tomb is empty, that life and love win, and that informs the way that we journey and move and breathe and have our very being. So here's the story. So, so Jesus takes James and Peter and John up this mountain to pray. And Jesus does this a lot, right? He tries to get away from all of the crowds so that he can find some, some contemplative moments, a break so that he can just be. And while they're up there, Jesus is transfigured. So he's, his clothes become dazzling white and, and his face changes and he's not recognizable anymore. Now, this is a foreshadowing of the resurrection, because if you, if you remember in all the post-resurrection appearances in the gospel, after Jesus has been raised from the dead, he shows up to those that are closest to him, and they don't recognize him. Remember in John's gospel, when the resurrected Jesus is standing in the garden, and Mary Magdalene comes across him, and she thinks he's the gardener? It's because he's been made into a new human being. Being resurrected isn't about being resuscitated. It's about being recreated into something new. So we have this beautiful foreshadowing of the resurrection. And then Moses and Elijah show up and they start talking with Jesus about his upcoming departure that's going to happen at Jerusalem. The the word here for departure is in the Greek, it's exodus. I could just preach a sermon just on that piece and the layers of that. And then did you catch this? The disciples are labored with sleep. Why are they always sleeping? At like important times, like they're always caught sleeping. So here they are, they're sleeping, but they wake up in time to see this, that Jesus is talking with Moses and Elijah. And then we get Peter. Oh, Peter, 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 Peter. Just a few chat, few verses ago in chapter nine, he, he, he says and confesses that Jesus is the Messiah. And then he says this, Hey, let's just put, pitch some tents up here on the mountain, guys. Let's just hang up here forever, and it'll be rainbows and unicorns, and it'll all be good, and we can stay here forever. Peter, my friend, you missed the point. This experience of, of resurrection and new life, it's not meant to be something that you just take a photograph of and stick in your little scrapbook and pull out whenever you want to. This is about a future-oriented focus. How when life gets hard and tough, are we promised and focused on God's new life, which is bursting forth everywhere around us? And so then then there's this cloud that overshadows the mountain and we hear God's voice and God says to Jesus, you're my son, my chosen, listen to him. And then they go back down the mountain and don't tell anybody about it. You know, I've been thinking a lot this week, why would God have to remind the disciples to listen to Jesus? Anybody here really good at listening for God, listening to God? Anybody really good at that? Anybody really good at being patient through that? I know I'm not. I'm like the most impatient person in the entire universe. I am terrible at listening, right? I want the answer right now. Tell me what I need to do right now. Anybody here struggle with listening ears in your house if you've got young kids, right? Uh, we, have, we have kind of an issue with listening ears. I, I joke and I say, if I had a dollar for every time I had to remind my oldest to do something, like brush his teeth or make his bed or put his shoes on, I could have retired two years ago, right? We're just, we just, there's something about us, especially when we face trials and adversities, it's hard for us to listen, But I think one of the places it's easy for us to listen to God is when we're on the mountain, when we have a mountaintop experience. Maybe it's a literal experience. Anyone here ever been to Sky Ranch or Rainbow Trail? Yeah, 
That's a mountaintop experience. Anybody here ever hiked a 14er? Holy moly, that's a mountaintop experience, right? I remember uh, growing up as a kid in East Tennessee with my dad. Uh, we would go hiking in the Smokies. Beautiful. You'd have all this lush green undergrowth and all these beautiful trees. Most of the time you're having to like just move stuff out of your way to go down the trail. And then all of a sudden you turn a corner and there'd be this beautiful vista. Just take your breath away. It's a mountaintop moment. Maybe another mountaintop moment might be your wedding day. I remember they told me, and I'll try to remember all of it because it goes by really fast, which it does. It's kind of all a blur. But maybe that's your experience. Maybe it's witnessing the birth of your children. Maybe that's your mountaintop experience. Sometimes they take a different way too. It could be being with a loved one and holding their hand as they take their final breaths. Maybe closing the chapter on a job or a house and moving to a new house or a new job. These, it's in these moments where it's so easy for us to experience the abundant and extravagant presence and love of God. Where it's easy for us to see that new life that's happening. But then guess what happens? We have to come down off the mountain. I hear a lot of times when our young people are up at Sky Ranch or Rainbow Trail. Do we have to leave? Can we just stay here forever? Wouldn't that be great? And I think this is what Peter is struggling with as well in this, in this experience, is he's just had this future glimpse of God's hopes and dreams and visions for our world, for new life, and he doesn't want to leave, and who could blame him? Because where are they headed here in a little while? Jerusalem. What's going to happen there? Well, they're going to strip Jesus. They're going to beat him. They're going to scorn him. They're going to mock him. And they're going to hang him on a cross. You want to talk about darkness? There it is. The question is, this mountaintop experience, this experience of new life, will it be able to inform the disciples and inform Jesus and infuse the way that they begin to walk through the darkness? Because God is there. God is there in that darkness. So I'll tell you what, if we expect God to only show up on the mountain, we're going to be missing out on a whole lot of life. Because that means that when we begin to face trials and adversities, when we begin to struggle, when life gets hard, we will withdraw from that. God, just tell me what I need to do, right? It's going back to that certainty thing. I like to know. Tell me where I need to go, what I need to do, what you're expecting of me. I wish God could just write it in the sky. Wouldn't that be nice? Or, you know, like send us an email or a text message. Here's what I want you to do. Here's where you're supposed to go. This is where the gift of listening comes in. Because following Jesus is a lot less about up here. Has nothing to do with what you know or what you think you know or certainty, or the path that you think you should be walking. And it has a lot more to do with this. Following Jesus comes from the heart. It's about listening for God's voice, which still speaks to us above the, the clamor and the chaos of our world. God's voice that says, I am here. Whether you're on the mountaintop, or the valley, or the level plain, whether you're on the straight path or the crooked path or you have no idea where you're going, God says, I'm here with you right there. God says, I meet you right where you are. I walk with you, I journey with you, and I love you. I'm proud of you because you're my 
kid. You know, I, I heard this question posed this week as I was reading, and I thought it to be really profound. So if you don't take anything else with you today, take this with you. This is, this is good stuff. What would it be like the next time that you face the darkness or you're walking through a valley? What would it be like for you not to think your way through it, but for you to listen your way through it? How is it that Jesus speaks to you in the darkness? How is it that God is nourishing you for your journey? Because here's the reality. We already have everything that we need for our journey. Sometimes we think that we have to like go outside of ourselves and start grabbing and getting all of this stuff. God has already given us everything we need. It's like when you're in your house and you can't find that one thing that you need, right? And you're like frantically searching for it and you stop and come back and it was right in front of your face. We had that happen in our house last week. My oldest woke up with an ear infection at 1.30 in the morning and it took two competent adults in our house to locate the Tylenol bottle, which was in the hallway closet on the shelf right in front of our faces. God is right here. God's hope and vision of new life is right here. Are we running around hectic, crazy from one thing to the next, not sure which end is up? Or are we finding the time to just listen, to just be, not to do, to be, to be fully present with God, fully present with our own selves, just fully present with one another in the gift of community? Because we weren't created to do this thing called life alone. We need each other. I need you and you need me. Because when I'm walking through the darkness, I can't see what's right in front of my face. I can't see God. I can't see that new life that is springing forth. I can't. So I need you. I need you to hold that candle with me, to accompany me through that, not to fix it, not to solve it, not to take it away, but to just be so that I know that I am not alone. This is that listening. When we listen, we're reminded God takes us back here to these crashing waters of creation at this baptismal font and reminds us of our identity and purpose, that we are beloved children of God, that in and through these waters, we have been put to death and raised to new life. We are new human beings. And out of that, God's promise where God says, I will walk with you. I am here with you. I am here for you. And to head out of those doors and accompany people wherever they find themselves, whether they're on the mountaintop or the valley or the level plains, on the straight path, the crooked path, they don't even know where the path is. You're called to hold that candle, that light of Christ, which dwells within us. We are the light of the world sent out to journey with people. And when we listen When we listen, our hearts and our spirits are open to all of these opportunities and possibilities to give and to serve and to love. So here in a moment, we're going to have a Selah time, which is this beautiful time to just ah, be a little bit more contemplative and present. And normally we give you a prompt for these, like here's a question that I want you to think about. I'm not going to give that to you today because I just want you to listen, to just be 
Now, I know this is really hard because if you're anything like me, um, and Pastor Jay alluded to this too this morning, right? I got my shopping list, where I need to go, what I need to do. This is happening. School is tomorrow. I've got a... You got it, right? The chaos happening up here. I'm going to pray that the Spirit of God will dwell in this place to calm all of the chatter so that here we can just be and listen. Wherever you find yourself, a valley, a mountain, wherever, you are where you are. Be present with God. Be present with your own body. Be present in this space together as children of God. And may that listening inform how we move and breathe and have our being out in the world. Amen.